You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. Why is God called a just God? And what is the significance of His justice in our lives? Learn more from this final week of the God Nobody Wants series in this message by Pastor Sol Wang. I get the privilege of preaching the last leg of the series called The God Nobody Wants. How many of you want God? Lift up your right hand. Wow, talaga, huh? You see, many of us want, want God because He's loving, He's kind, He's compassionate, um, He's caring, He's our Father, He's our Savior, He's our friend. But when it comes to the holiness of God, His other you know, attribute, when it comes to, the, to a jealous God, that's where we have that tension. Lord, I don't understand your holiness. And I don't understand that you are a jealous God. But in the past few weeks, we have been going through the attributes of God. Basically, holy God, okay? Perfect picture of a holy God is this. Take a bottle. Ah, bottle I'm not promoting this, this. A bottle of, you know, pure, unadulterated water. Okay? Uh, there's no germs. Uh, there's no bacteria. It's just plain, good, old-fashioned, clear, pure water. Then go to the sewerage and get a 0.0000001 cc of sewerage water and put it here. My question is, will you drink it? No, right? The holiness of God is something like that. Basically, He cannot stand sin. Kite point zero 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 one cc siya. That's the holiness of God. And, you know, when you went through that series... You know, without holiness, you will, you will not see God. The Word of God says that without holiness, you will not see God. So if God is holy, His people ought to be holy, right? In that second series, okay, um, they, they went, um, we went to preach on the jealous, the, uh, jealous God. And to our mind, di ba, pagka jealous, when you're jealous about somebody, something negative, right? But when you talk about God, in fact, His name is Jealous. It does not depict really that negative thing that we are thinking today. It's not brought about by fear, insecurity, not at all. Basically, when you talk about a jealous God, His love, His passion for you is so great, right? That He sent His only Son to die on the cross for us, right? We all know this. But a jealous God that basically secures you and protects you. That's the kind of God we have. And today we are going to dive in and understand a just God. All right? Say with this with me, just God. So would you stand on your feet as we open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 18, verse 22 to 26. Okay, if you're there, smile. Okay? If you're not, smile also. Let's read. In verse 22, the men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, the, uh, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? 
Verse 26, the Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Let's just bow down our heads and pray. Father, help us, Lord, to understand your justice. Holy Spirit, come and open our hearts and minds. Anoint the preaching of your word. May we truly understand who you are, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for this honor, this privilege. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can take your seats now. Now, the background of what we've read is about Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? Famous one, actually. When I was growing up, I heard about Sodom and Gomorrah, Sin City. You all know what I'm talking about, right? You've heard of that or you've read of it? Or might you haven't? Okay, just, just for the sake of those who have not read Sodom and Gomorrah, it's actually uh, the story we've read. Um, ju- uh, God wanted to judge the city simply because they were wicked. The sin, it was so grievous and it was so much that he wanted to sentence it already. Okay? And Abraham was part of that in a way because God revealed, or the Lord Jesus, okay? Hindi lang sinabi Lord Jesus, but Lord, meaning the Son of God, who is Jesus, was with Abraham. And he revealed this to Abraham, I'm going to destroy the city because of their wickedness. And Abraham was there basically interceding. Now God, you know, will you judge the, the unrighteous with the righteous? Would you sweep this away? Will you destroy this place because there are unrighteous people and then you're going to mix up, I mean, you're going to sweep away also the righteous people. So that's basically the basis of what we are studying today. And when we talk about a just God, it's funny how many of us have different concepts about the justice of God. Right? Many of us have a different understanding of a just God. Now, many, many months ago, not many, many months ago, but probably around three or four months ago, if I'm not mistaken, Dr. Rice Brooks, who's one of our founders of Victory, he has a book. It's entitled, God is Not Dead. Okay, so kinenta naman natin yung diba today. Kasama yun doon, alright? And uh, it's not plugging, but it's being sold there anyway. But there was a, a time that he had, he had actually uh, a, a privilege to sit down with a professor. He's, a, he's a, uh, a professor in a university teaching philosophy. And during the conversation, he found out that this professor was an atheist. So, you know, being who he is, Pastor Rice sat down there and asked this person, uh, what is the reason why you don't believe in God? And he gave two reasons. Okay? One says, because I believe in evolution. So they sat down and then they, and, you know, they, they sat down, they, spoke, they talked about um, evolution. When that ended, the second reason why, why he was an atheist, he says, you know, if there is a God, why is there so much evil in the world? When I was reading this, I said, didn't I ask that question, that very same question when I was young? Or, you know, because growing up, I was, I was looking at the evil going on around us. And even today, I mean, talk about what happened in Zamboanga. How many innocent people, you know, died? How about the calamity just hit us in Bohol. Or about in Middle East, Syria. You all heard about the chemical 
uh, warfare that was happening, and it was you know brought about in the subway, and many people died, hundreds, and there were kids. I said to myself, wow, I mean, if there is a God, and if He is just, why is there so much evil in the world? So the question we, we need to ask ourselves today, is there really, is God really fair? Is God really just? Right? I think all of us have this challenge or this, this tension in our hearts. God, are you really fair? But before we answer that, we need to ask this question or we need to define what is justice. Because justice is kind of elusive nowadays. You don't know if we're getting the real justice that we want. Right? If you go, to, if you go watch uh, television and our government, you don't know exactly what's happening. Right? But justice, when you talk about justice, it simply means a just behavior or treatment. The quality of being fair and reasonable. The administration of the law or authority. Um, the Campus Crusade for Christ, they said that justice is a pillar of any society. In fact, it vindicates the innocent, and it punishes the guilty. Vindicates the innocent and punishes the guilty. So in other words, when you talk about justice, to define it as simple in layman's language, justice is really giving people what is their Jew. I want to share to you two schools of thought. Okay, two schools of thought. First being this one, the guilty. When you talk about justice in the world, you know, the guilty person don't want anything to do with justice. Am I right? They, in fact, they run away from justice. They don't like justice. That's the first school of thought. Second is this, the victim. And being a victim sometimes also questions the justice system. In fact, many have, um, have experienced injustices in their lives that if they think about God as being just, it does not connect. It does not compute for me. I have a hard time. If, I am, if injustice was, was done to my life, I have a hard time understanding that God is a just God. Because here on earth, we have a different view of what justice is all about. Totally different from the justice of God. The world, the world, um, world justice, or the world's justice, as we all know today, is not perfect. It is inadequate, and it is also flawed. Think about, again, what's happening in our country. You don't know who's telling the truth. Um, our ratings went down because of, this, the, because of all those... Um, chaotic thing is happening in our Senate, our Congress. And you see, it affects all of us. Why? Because it's not perfect. Justice system in our country, also in the world, not just in our country, but all over the world, is not perfect. It is inadequate. And being present in this world, that is our view. That is how we view justice. That's why probably most of us have a hard time understanding that God is a just God. We have a, a challenge because all that we see about justice 
is not really fair. And it tends to bring this, this question, Lord, are you really just and fair? Let me, let me introduce you to the justice of God. And I find this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. In the church of Thessalonica, where all the members were facing trials, they were facing persecutions, they were facing a lot of troubles. Paul addresses this church. And he was encouraging this church about their trials. And guess what? This is what Paul, the Apostle Paul, said to them. He says, all this, everything that's been happening to you, is evidence that God's judgment is right. I don't know about you, but if I were going through trials and tribulation, I've been experiencing injustices in my life, and then this guy is telling me, you know, the judgment of God is right. That is where we have that tension. Because what we perceive justice is different from what God sees about justice. His justice. And if you continue on, this is what Paul was saying. All this evidence that's happening to you that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be what? Counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. And I like this next verse. In verse 6, the Bible says, God is just. In fact, Paul says, God is just. Huh? After all that we're going through in life, all the injustices that we are facing, you're saying that God is just? Why? Let's read on. He says that He will pay you back trouble to those who trouble you. And give what? Relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. So if you are a victim of injustice, guess what? This is great news. Finally, the real judge is here. That's what Paul is saying because he's saying that, you know, whatever you're going through today, God is still just because God will repay. God will pay back the trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. But here's the hitch. Just as you will have received relief as a victim, guess what? If you are guilty, you will receive also payment as well. I mean, you will also be held accountable. There are two sides of the coin. Again, two schools of thought, the guilty and the victim. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with His powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God. For a guilty person, or like an atheist, he will run away from the justice of God because he doesn't want that. That's why he doesn't want to know God. That's why we have atheists. But time and time again, throughout history, if you look at the lives of atheists, they come back in the knowledge of God because after all, they need God at the end of their life. Don't we all? All of us. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. In verse 9, in verse 9, they will be what? Punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of His power. And in verse 10, 
on the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you. So turn to your neighbor and say, this includes you. Come on. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. Isn't that great? But before we move on in understanding the justice of God, we need to ask this question, and we need to answer this question. Why is God a just God? I mean, we love His justice. We want justice. We want this and that. But in the first place, God, why are you a just God? Did you ever ask that question? God, why are you just? Let's read on. In the verse that we've read earlier, the Bible says in verse 25, this was Abraham when he was talking to the Lord. Basically, the Lord revealed to him his purpose. I mean, um, he revealed uh, the destruction of the city. And this is the comment or the argument of Abraham. He said, Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, God. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? I mean, talk about this. Abraham, he's the friend of God, and he had the chance. I believe when, when, when he addressed this, when he argued with God, something wasn't right. It does not figure out. I mean, it doesn't fall into place. Why? Because he understands that if God judges, he ought to judge in righteousness. Look at this. In Psalm chapter 9, verse 8, the Bible says that God, or He will judge the world in what? Righteousness. He will govern the peoples with justice. And in another verse, in Psalm 85, verse 13, righteousness goes before Him and prepares the way for his steps. What we're saying is that God is, ju- is just because he is righteous. We need to understand that God is a just God because, first of all, he is a righteous God. You need to know this foundation. Everything emanates from his character, from his being, a righteous, truthful, and holy God. That is everything he is. That's why he can judge. He has the right justice. In Psalm 51, verse 4, Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. This was David. So that you are what? Proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. What David, King David was saying that God's righteousness or his righteousness basically justifies his judgment. Clear? Is that clear? His righteousness justifies his judgment. So when he judges something, when he wills it to happen, guess what? It is coming out of his righteousness. And many times as human beings, we cannot fathom, we cannot understand that. That's why God says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Maybe to us that is injustice, but to God, There's a different justice that he's putting in the plate. His righteousness justifies his judgment. In other words, God cannot contradict himself. Cannot. He must judge according to his holiness, according to his truthfulness, and according to his righteousness. That's why Abraham was adamant. He 
he was actually arguing with God. Lord, you can't. You cannot punish this because you are a righteous God. You can't go against your person. That is who our God is. And all throughout the Bible, if you look at the justice of God, from the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, right? They were judged. They were thrown away. They were banished. That was a judgment of God. Because of what? Sin. Cain and Abel, remember? Abel basically was murdered by Cain, and uh, his blood basically cried out from the ground. And God judged Cain. How about Noah? You all remember Noah? The flood? It's like the entire world. For 40 days, it was raining. God judged the people of earth and saved only Noah. Tower of Babel, same thing. So throughout the course of history, God's imprint, His justice has been served in all those areas. Don't think that the end of the world will be the time that God will judge us. Uh-uh. Actually, He's been doing that every single day of our lives. May not be the final judgment, but there are judgments or sentences that He has given. When sin happens, there are judgments. And it affects you, it affects me, it can affect your family when sin happens. And that's the justice of God. Can't understand it, but we're going to dive in and understand the justice of God. And hopefully tonight, we can understand His justice with a clearer view. Now here's my disclaimer. It is quite hard to understand the fullness of the being of God. But with the scripture we are going to read today, hopefully we'll be able to glean a little bit, an insight, so we could understand His justice. Amen? There are three implications I want to share tonight. The first one is this. Say authority. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 16 to 17, when the men, basically the angels, two angels and Jesus, when the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? See, God wasn't there to ask permission from Abraham. In fact, God needs no permission. Why? Because there is no higher authority than Him. But think about our world's system, our justice system. Many times they get their authority from the people or sometimes from the influential people. That's the justice system, but not with God. God is it. He is justice. Everything that is written about our constitution, our laws, anything to do with justice, this is it. It comes and emanates from God. He is a righteous God. Therefore, He can judge right. Amen? And that authority is with Him. In fact, Jesus said that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Him. And that's really a statement. Understand that there is no other authority but His authority. Maybe, okay, maybe there's a question today, what about the wicked people of today? Just like my question earlier. What's happening to them? Who's judging them? Why is it that bad things happen to good people? And why is it that good things happen to bad people? Did you ever, you know, 
ask that question, guess what? They will have their time with God. Amen? That's why um, Thomas Manton said, as absolute Lord, meaning God, His justice is nothing but the absolute and free motion of His own will concerning the estate of His creation. So today, when you question God about His justice, guess what? We just can't. His will is absolute. If you remember the time when Jesus was nailed on the cross, uh, before dying on the cross, remember in the garden, and He was actually asking God, Lord, may this cup be taken away from me. You remember this? You remember this time, right? And what did Jesus say to, 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 his, to His Father? He said, Father, not my will, but let your will. Think about that for a moment. This is the Son of God. He could have every power, but yet He submitted to the authority of His Father. So in other words, when you talk about authority and justice, God has the ultimate authority over everything in all His creation. So even if you think that God is not judging right, guess what? He is. Okay, ba? So the question actually is being answered today when you say, is God fair? Is He just? The answer is yes. Because He is a righteous, holy, truthful God. The answer is yes. He can judge that. And when He judges, the second implication is this. He is impartial. There is impartiality. In other words, God is fair. No matter what happens, He is fair. Unbiased. Non-discriminatory. He is impartial. Let's read on. In Genesis 18, verse 20 to 21, Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great that their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. And in continuing verses, in verse 20 to 24, Then Abraham approached him. You all remember this. I said this way. Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if God... Now, God, mind you, Abraham was already interceding for, for Sodom. He says, what if there's 50 righteous people? Will you destroy it? In fact, it goes on from 50 to 40 to 30 to 10. You know, I said, why not just one? Just even one. Now, understand, in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, his relative, his nephew, Lot, was there with his family. My question is, is Lot as guilty? Is he guilty as well as the rest of Sodom and Gomorrah? The answer is yes. You all remember the time when, when, uh, when Lot wanted to um, uh, basically go on his way, although Abraham was saying, no, don't go. We have plenty. We could share everything in the land. But no, he wanted to go. He pitched a tent right in front of Sodom. I mean, he was dead set focused on sin because it's so enticing, right? Everything is there. Probably the economy in Sodom was so great. They had lots of money. Probably, uh, there's probably gambling casinos there. I don't know. <laughs> Prostitution is there. And we all know that story, right? And see, Lot was as, just as guilty. In fact, when the two angels went down to really give the sentence, right? Um, the first person that met the two angels was who? Lot, right? He was at the city gate. In other words, 
para pala siyang immigration officer. Not only did he wanted to be to to have this, the 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 life of of sin, he was already a part of that sin. What's worse, okay? When the two angels came and became his visitor, the crowd went to him and they wanted to have sex with this his visitor. And he said, no, 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 no. Don't touch them. They're under my care. Why don't you get my two daughters? You could have them. I mean, hello. Who in his right mind will give his daughter just to have that? It's just that Lot and everybody else, nobody was righteous. But yet God was giving a chance. Isn't that amazing? God was giving a chance. Giving a chance. When God judges, He does not look at the status of a man, nor his accomplishments. That's why God is never a respecter of men. To God, a sinner is a sinner. No matter how rich you are, how poor you are, He again is no respecter of man. So when you say, when you, when you look at the justice of God, the justice of God is the justice of one, says Arthur Pink, which is what? Who is both omniscient and omnipotent. All-knowing, all-powerful. So that it is impossible we should conceal from Him our offenses or escape from the execution of His sentence. So in, in, in the world system, the first picture that comes to my mind when you talk about justice is a lady holding a sword, a scale, and who's blindfolded, right? That's the first justice, you know, for me. And it is so imperfect, it had to cover her eyes so that she could be more objective because she doesn't know really the truth. She's trying to weigh everything. But to God, when you talk about the holy God, the just God, guess what? He knows everything. And we cannot hide from it. I don't know about you, but that, that brings security for me. Because I know that my God, okay, my God has full authority and He is impartial. Does not, is He's fair. I mean, he's, he's, he's that person I can lean on and be secured that my judge will do the right thing or give the right judgment. Last is this. The third implication, reckoning. <laughs> you don't find this word often, di ba? You, you probably have a hard time. I mean, you probably have not heard this for a long time. Reckoning, okay? In Genesis chapter 18, verse 20 to 21, Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down. You see, there is a reckoning, a day of reckoning, a day where, where you will have to pay for what you have done. In Jeremiah chapter 21, verse 14, the Bible says, I will punish you as your deeds deserve, declares the Lord. It is so quiet, right? But you have to understand that God being righteous, God being holy, God being truthful, His justice will prevail. No matter what happens, maybe, maybe the wicked are celebrating today, but they will have their time with God. And we will also have our time with God. Because there is a day, it's called Judgment Day, 
when we'll have to face our Creator and we will have to give an account of what, what we have done here on earth. God will judge every wrong act ever committed, every sinful motive, every evil or evil word. The sentence for these crimes is eternal separation from God and His holiness. That is our God. That is the justice of God. When you talk about reckoning, a day of judgment, it actually tells you about a time frame. There is a time frame, right? A day of reckoning. But have you ever heard of this quote? Justice delayed is justice denied. Now let's just pause for a minute. Justice delayed is justice denied. In our context as human beings, we need to get justice fast. Right? Or else we don't get justice. But for God's justice is different. Let's read from Romans chapter 3, verse 25. God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He did this to demonstrate His justice. Why? Because in His forbearance, He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. God is delaying His justice. I mean, in our perspective, justice delayed is justice denied. But in God's perspective, justice delayed is good for all of us. Diba? Think about that. If, if, no, just if lang, today is judgment day, will you stand before a holy and just God? Probably not. But Second Peter, hey, let me just go on. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness, but this is God. He is patient, with you, This is the very reason why He delays His justice. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The reason why God delays His justice, His sentence to all of us, is because He wants everybody to come to repentance. In other words, justice delayed is God's mercy. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3-5 says, All of us, say all of us. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of what? His great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. You have to understand that God's justice can never be bent. It will prevail. It will stand. It has authority. It is impartial. And there is a day of reckoning. And no matter what God will do, He cannot go against Himself. He cannot contradict himself. That's why when God delays his justice, guess what? His mercy is with us. And at one point in, in, in human history, this is the only point where the justice of God and the mercy of God would meet in one. And this is the amazing thing. There is not a day 
I don't know, if the moon and the sun meet, it cannot meet, right? Day and night cannot meet, right? But at some point in the history of mankind, the justice of God and His mercy met at one point. And this is my final word. God's justice and God's mercy, both at one time, was fulfilled at the cross. Isn't that amazing? Nobody can bend the justice of God, not even Himself. But yet, because He loves us so much, His mercy was there at the cross. Kind of like, like this, before I end, okay, as, we, as, we, as we go. Kind of like this. Um, you were driving in your nice car, brand new, and you just can't help because you're in the Philippines. When you see green light, it's a go. When you see yellow light, it's go faster. And we say, red light, go anyway. Right? You have this certain urge. And you go, and out of the blue, a policeman, an MMDA goes out. Boom. Bulaga. And says to you, stop in the name of the law. You got caught. How many of you had experienced that? Don't raise up your hand. I, I did actually a couple of times. I did not see, but I was guilty as charged. But think about this. If that MMDA flagged you down because you have violated a traffic rule, what happens? He gives you a ticket, right? And there is a certain amount that you have to pay to retrieve your driver's license, right? That is what we call justice served. But think for me one, you know, one more, one more, you know, what if, just what if, what if this MMDA officer flags you down, right? Gives you a ticket. The amount is 500 pesos. He was about to give you the ticket and he said, wag na lang. It's okay. You can go. I'll take care of this ticket. Then he reaches to his pocket and then puts 500 pesos. Pays for your ticket. That is the mercy of God. That is the mercy. But what if, what if this MMDA guy flags you down because you violated, you're guilty, you were caught, gives you a ticket, puts their 500 pesos for that penalty, pays for it, and then before you were about to go and say thank you, he said, wait, before you go, here's 5,000 pesos for you. Huh? I don't deserve that, right? That's what we call grace. The grace of God. One of the things that we'll probably not understand that because even if God is just and He had to punish us for our sin, he also really made a way for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And at one time, the point of history, the justice of God was fulfilled. And yet, the mercy of God was also fulfilled. And today, we live in the grace of God. The reason we can stand and worship our God is because of that grace. Many times, we forget that. Isn't it? If you knew that God is a just God and He will punish you for your sin, 
there's no escape. But praise God that He provided a way for us. He Himself said, I'm going to pay for it. See, that's the justice of God. We hope you were inspired by that message. Have a deeper understanding of who God is in your life by coming to our weekend services or by joining a Victory Group. Visit our concierge, our website, or our Facebook page to know more. Thank you and stay connected.